Who are you? I'm Cinematic Protastic. We're talking the Batman. Hi, <laughs> welcome back to Cinematic Protastic. I'm Andrew. And I'm Philip. And we're here to talk about The Batman starring Robert Pattinson. But The first, Batman starring Robert Pattinson. Did I say the? Well, I was just being devil's advocate. You said the, I said the. Sure. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to talk about The Batman, but after that, but first, before that, excuse me, <laughs> after that, before that, sometime at some point today, check out, check us out on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, and Anchor.fm, where you can actually leave, leave a message for the cinematic protastic, <laughs> and uh, let us know what you think about this episode and any episode in the past, or a hey, maybe a movie we haven't covered before, because there's lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought there were just a few. <laughs> yeah, the the only other uh, movie is uh, the Batman. No, I'm just kidding. The Suicide Squad and The Batman are the only ones that exist. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> derailed quickly. <laughs> and podcast over. All right. So we are here to talk about the latest DC version of, uh, well, the D- it's not the DC version of Batman. It's <laughs> DC's latest version of Batman. The latest incarnation of Batman. Starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Colin Farrell, John Turturro, Paul Dano, Andy Serkis, lots of people. And, and, the, and, and the and the Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright. We almost forgot about him. Yeah, he's, Jeffrey he's Wright. A, played a good... Uh, You're right. James Gordon. <laughs> that was that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Is there any other actors we need to list? I think you covered them all. Um, those are the most well-known. There's quite a few, but those are the big wigs. The bigger names. Yeah. yeah. So this is a first, I think. Philip has come fresh, hot off the press. Yes, I just <laughs> I just finished the movie not uh, maybe an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> so he literally came straight from the theater, and he bust down my door. I was asleep. And my kids were asleep, and he was like, we got a podcast about this now. So I'm, I have vengeance. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, because I'm being tied up and forced to do this. So we're going to have fun. Yeah, that sounded awkward. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to recreate a riddle or something with the Riddler. Anyways. Yeah, this still sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're not fixing there's, this. There's no scenario where this <laughs> makes sense or sounds good. All so right. th- this is, I think, for me at least, uh, Robert Pattinson is still, he's he's making big strides away from me associating him <laughs> with glittery vampires. Yes. <laughs> that is uh, quite a feat for him to accomplish. But, uh, but yeah, I think he's doing so pretty well. He's, you know, I feel like both he and Kristen Stewart are kind of, you know, they did it, it made him famous and now they're using their clout to move on to other things. And, and, you know, Robert Pattinson did Tenet before this and he was in, oh gosh, what was that Willem Dafoe movie? Black and white, the lighthouse, the lighthouse. I saw that one. It was 
I liked it. He he's well, and there's a couple of movies he's done as well that I haven't seen that are, from what I understand, like really, really dark, gritty. In you know, I don't know if it was his intention or not, but it kind of felt like, okay, I made myself famous with glittery vampire. <laughs> what can I do to sh- you know? So I like I think, in my opinion, it seems like he's tried to shed that image. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's well on his way. I think for me at least, ten, th- this one and Tenant, I I don't necessarily think right away. Oh, it's the guy from Twilight. <laughs> yeah, he. the th- The funny thing is that uh, my wife, she kind of after we saw this, I was like, I thought I thought he did a pretty good job as Batman. She's like, he didn't have to act, and I was like. What? <laughs> it's like he just acted like himself and just this broody teenager. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I think she might have some some hang ups about Robert Pattinson, but I mean, she she really liked him in in the Twilight series. She read the books and all that stuff. So I unfortunately had to uh, sit through those <laughs> movies. Haven't haven't gone back to that. I watched the first and the second. And couldn't couldn't make myself do the the last two (laughs) yeah i mean it's interesting watching them for the fact that there's a lot of people in them that uh are famous now yeah and and that kind of regard but it's not not the great (laughs) greatest but hey if you want to borrow it we have all three or four of them on on (laughs) blu-ray so but we've never watched them but anyways we got them that's a side note so the first thing that I thought was really surprising about this one that kind of made it stand out from, you know, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, Adam West, however many other Batmans you want to compare him to, is the amount of time he spent as Batman. Whereas, you know, the the other characters, it's it's mostly them as Bruce Wayne trying to figure stuff out and then when they need to, they dress up as Batman to really, you know, really do the last bit of the legwork to get whatever they're trying to accomplish done. But, uh, this one, he's Bruce Wayne, maybe three scenes <laughs> and other times he's, he's Batman or occasionally he's dressed up at, you know, in a biker helmet and or a sweats hoodie with and a, stuff. With a mat. Like, I think he's, I think that's like his in between, like I could quickly turn yeah. into Batman, but I can walk the street and not be like, oh, it's Batman. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I thought was more surprising that he just spent a lot of screen time as the Batman. Well, and and, and with that, the the entire movie is pretty much, it pretty much takes place at night too. There's the, the scenes that do take place during the day are at like dawn or dusk. Or it's very heavily overcast. The weather is, it's raining. I think it's raining the almost entire all the time. Movie. Yeah. That was something that I noticed was just that it was, it was always at nighttime. And, and I think that just, that goes along with your assessment of like, he was Batman for most of the movie. And very rarely did we see him in the, the Bruce Wayne alter ego. And it, it kind of struck home, like when it really dawned on me that like he was Batman a lot was when uh, close to close towards the end when he's speaking with Paul Dano's uh, Riddler after he's been caught and is in Arkham. Uh, is it Arkham? Okay. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. It, says, it says on his out on his jumper suit, Arkham state but, hospital. Okay. So he's in a, you know, the typical glass 
conversation room where people speak with inmates kind of thing from prison and the Riddler show, you know, he's dressed as Batman in the prison and Riddler says, this is your true face. And it kind of dawned on me that, yeah, he's, you know, the whole argument about Superman is the, the interesting thing about him is that Clark Kent is the, you know, alter ego, I guess, you know, Superman is, Kal-El, he's the super alien being, but he puts on a costume to fit in. And that's the the kind of different, what makes him different from other superheroes, because usually it's the mild-mannered person, then he puts on a costume and goes out and fights crime. But it kind of made that the same for Batman as well, in, at least for this movie and this rendition of it, that Bruce Wayne isn't who he is, it's Batman. And when he can't be Batman, he puts Bruce Wayne on for a little bit, kind of as a mask. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, and he, even uh, they 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 make it known in the in the movie that even as Bruce Wayne, he's a recluse. Yeah. Like when he when he goes out to the the services for the mayor, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, Bruce Wayne!" Like, and even uh, Carmine Falcone's like the the one man that is more reclusive than I am. And so, you know, it's, and I, and I think that explains kind of goes into that. Like, obviously if he is being Batman, if that's kind of at this point in this movie's timeline is his primary, like that, it, his alter ego is Bruce Wayne. He's, he's sleeping during the day, mm-hmm. which is why he's being reclusive. Cause he's, you know, obviously he's staying out and being Batman 90% of the time of his life. Yeah. You know, I really liked how, you know, the, the way the movie opened, it showed the bat signal and he had kind of a monologue going, talking about how, you know, he, he obviously can't be everywhere at once, but he was able to successfully create a persona that, you know, create the fear that he might be in the shadows. And so I really liked how they showed like four or five different you know, thugs and bank robberies and whatnot, and they're all doing their thing. And then they, they all stop for a moment and they notice the dark alley where you mm-hmm. can't see anything. They notice that dark corner in the, in the, uh, at the edge of the building and that kind of stuff. And, you know, making it to where Batman could walk out of that at any moment. And then of course that last thug they show, he actually does, yeah. <laughs> does walk out of that, that uh, dark crevice and, and I think it's a subway and, uh, I really liked how I, yeah, just kind of, it showed you the fear and made you feel the kind of the uneasiness of whenever the bat signal goes up, you know, they, cause they did that in some of the other movies where like the, the bat signal would make uh, criminals a little bit wary. I think in the Christopher Nolan version, uh, you know, they would see the bat signals like, Oh man, we got to get out of here. And it was just like, how is the Batman going to know right where your crime is? Like, you know, there's, there's no way, especially if it's a small crime, but this one kind of made it feel like it made me, made me understand more what it means to be fearful that, okay, the Batman could show up at any point. <laughs> I, I agree. I, th- I thought that same thing, you know, the way that they used the shadow, like, yeah, the each, each criminal stopped and looked uh, for me as a viewer, you know, I've, I've watched all the, previous batman movies a lot of the batman cartoons you know and and yeah they all have that like oh it's the bat signal that instills the fear but this one really for me as a viewer i was like 
it's not the bat yeah it's not the bat signal it's the looking into the dark and like i really felt for the first time okay that's what they mean by he instills fear in the bad guys and just yeah the way it long because yeah you didn't know like he's gonna pop out of one of these but even as an audience you don't know which one yeah and it really gave me that sense of like man that would that that makes me understand that like you know he, he says he can't be everywhere at once but he's made it to where if you're out there at night doing bad not the not that the bad signal makes you think oh is batman around the corner it's there's a dark place over here and i don't know if if he's there mm. you know this movie had like you said at the beginning we had quite a list of uh actors playing playing in this we had zoe kravitz playing catwoman or selena kyle uh jeffrey wright as as james gordon not quite commissioner yet colin farrell paul dano but the so kind of the surprise was uh peter sarsgaard and, and john tatura we i don't think they're even shown at all in any of the trailers and they definitely aren't uh you know mentioned by name in any of the any of the list of like marketing you know yeah the marketing or whatnot i mean they might be on a poster or whatnot but i don't really pay a whole lot of attention to posters but even then they probably just had robert pattinson colin farrell and zoe kravitz because they're the big big names for it and uh so it was kind of a surprise to see to see them in it but i think the biggest surprise was colin farrell and i even leaned over to my wife i'm I think she probably knew he was in it, but she doesn't follow it like we do. Yeah, when Penguin shows up, the first scene, I leaned over to her and I said, that's Colin Farrell. And she's like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't look like him at all or sound like him, but that's Colin Farrell. Even knowing that that was Colin Farrell, I was... I was... It's still hard to believe. I, well, I, I, was, I was like looking to see can i tell if that's and i couldn't like there wasn't any you know sometimes in heavy makeup you can tell who the actor is behind the makeup in this one i couldn't tell and obviously he is he irish yeah oh yeah he's irish you know a lot of actors can cover up their their accents but yeah it was it was crazy how transformative he was able to take that role and i mean obviously the makeup i can only imagine the makeup helped in his creation of that character and being able to transform yeah into that it obviously did and i wouldn't be surprised if this movie goes up for some kind of you know special effects makeup or something um award because you know like we said it, it doesn't look like him but the other thing is that it doesn't look like a a thin guy in a fat suit either right and it, if we didn't know it was Colin Farrell, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, they would probably just think, oh, that's just some guy who's got kind of a scarred face and just think it's some new actor. And, you know, because I, I kind of try to think of the, the first movie that comes to my mind, and I, I haven't seen this one, but I, I think it's called something about the, the life of Tammy Faye or something with Jessica Chastain. Oh, yeah. Playing the evangelist. In in that movie, like in in previews and whatnot, I've seen you know clips of her in pretty heavy makeup and to make her look heavier than she actually is. And I look at it and it just I, I feel bad because you know we all know that Jessica Chastain's a very talented actress, but I look at it and all I can see is 
someone put a fat face on her (laughs) and covered it up in makeup to match her face. And this one, it doesn't look like that at all. And it's just, it is insane how well it, it, you know, moves with his face and doesn't look like something just slapped onto a person. It actually flows with his body and it's, it's amazing. Well, and you know, uh, if you look at this character and go back to the Tim Burton, Batman returns, uh, the original sequel with the Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito as the penguin, it was obvious he was just standing inside of a big balloon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, when I originally saw it, it was one of the points of the movie where I'm like, I think it was one of the reasons why I didn't care for it as much. Uh, And I know that movie has kind of grown in popularity since it came out. But every time I see the Danny DeVito (laughs) costume, I'm like, was that the intention to look that ridiculous? I don't don't know. Maybe it was. But in comparison to, to this, you're just like... Yeah, that, that was just a guy in a big balloon to make him look fat. <laughs> <laughs> On a side note, did you see the the Circle Cinema posted a video? It was somebody found a clip of some kid that was like on a, not Maury Povich, but like Sally Jesse Raphael or something, complaining about Batman Returns. No, I, I didn't you saw see it. this. Yeah, it, it's on Facebook. Uh, if you haven't seen it, yeah, check out the Circle Cinema on Facebook. They posted a clip of this kid who's complaining about how scary Danny DeVito is as as the penguin with the goop coming out of his mouth and <laughs> and other things. So it was just kind of funny because it's it's the typical naysaying about a movie that we hear today, but it was like this 12-year-old kid on a talk show <laughs> from, you know, the late 80s or early 90s whenever that movie came out. And so I just thought it was it was a kind of funny thing to see especially in this day and age. One of the things that I I really enjoyed about this one is for the first time they really showed you know in the in the in the all the previous movies, you know, he 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 has the friend in Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. But he's at odds with everybody else. Yeah. And this one like when when the when they f- the went to that first homicide scene and he walked in and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's walking in while the police are there mm-hmm. and they're not doing anything. I mean, they were definitely staring and they were kind of like, why is he here? So it's not like they were working with him or, but it was, it was cool that they brought that aspect into this movie. Cause they, I don't feel like that's been done before. Maybe, maybe in the cartoons, Mm-hmm. The, that we've seen where he does really work side by side with with the police but yeah having him actually be present and be part of the the crime scenes as they're being investigated i thought was a cool addition that hasn't really been done before with the batman character yeah because I, I believe like the other versions they get evidence before the police do and you know they get out hightail it out of there and you know probably don't help the police out because they they take key (laughs) key evidence and whatnot and that kind of goes into you know the other thing that i I really enjoyed about this was the detective work uh, that that he put into this you know the the other versions of batman they they do some form of detecting you know in batman v superman he's trying to find the white portuguese which is a ship that well he doesn't know it's a ship it's just something that lex Luthor has 
or is coming is bringing in and so he's trying to figure out what that is and eventually he does find it out and whatnot through detective work but it's not the main point of the movie it's it's more his vengeance and his uh wanting to get revenge on superman for what he did to metropolis and you know in some of the other movies michael keaton has the you know he's looking at films of or you know re reruns or whatever of uh the joker when he took over a broadcast or something like that and, you know so there is some detective work but that's you know it's always done in his cave in the yeah, back it's, cave. it's just in the back cave and it's you know trying to figure out a a couple things here or there but it's not there, there's no you don't have a mystery to solve in any of the other films and so this one was like a true like he's he's trying to catch a serial killer it just so happens to be a Batman villain that we all know and love as the Riddler. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of, it, it, I really liked the pace that it set. It was slow on purpose and, uh, but not boring, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it just really felt really good to see him trying to figure something out. And of course you're sitting there like, okay, what does that clue mean? Right. What does this clue mean? And you're, you're right there. Then it, you're right there with him trying to solve the crime. Well, and, and you, you know, you mentioned the the clues are leading to the killer that happens to be a Batman villain. I really liked this movie's take on the Riddler. You know, it's it's hard to look past. You know, like the, the <laughs> obviously my my first introduction to the Riddler is the Adam West mm-hmm. Batman, which even even the really scary villains were just silly. You know, there there was nothing scary about them. They were just silly. Yeah. And then you get to Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher's first take with the with the Batman series, and you've got Jim Carrey who does a great job. I mean, I, I he's one of my favorite parts of of that particular movie. Yeah, he did an awesome job. His version of the Riddler, and it was still you know his was more of like an extension. He he was more sadistic, but it felt like he was kind of a, an extension of the Riddler from the Adam West because. You know Jim Carrey, he he does that type of comedy just so well. And mm-hmm. uh, but in this one, I feel this version of the Riddler, I would compare to Christopher Nolan's version of the Joker, mm-hmm. set more in like this could be a real complete psycho mm-hmm. in the world today. I mean, it's kind of scary to think that there's there's people out there like this guy. Yeah, and made it very real, and I thought Paul Dano really played it well. You know, he he he, uh, you know, being completely covered. You know, they they say that's one of the toughest acting jobs is when your face is completely covered, and in his case, all you saw were his eyes. You know, he he, I felt even with that uh, there, he was really able to convey, I am just sick and twisted. Yeah, I think even more so than when you saw his face and Batman was talking to him face to face. There was I, th- I felt there was more of a feeling when he had the mask on, and and I think his character even says it: "When I have that mask on, I am my true self." Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, oh, "Okay," but yeah. yeah, I thought I thought his his characterization, and I'm glad that they didn't kill off the character. I thought yeah. it seemed like it seems like nowadays with bad guys they'll they'll kill him off. And then you're like, well, what about future movies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, whether or not there's future movies or not, I don't know. But I like that 
it didn't end with him dying because he could potentially return in a sequel or whether it's the next one or a little bit further down the road. Yeah. Cause you know, in the comics, the Batman characters, they go into Arkham and they get, and right, they back. get right back out. <laughs> sometimes they team up with another bad guy. Sometimes they just come back out and, uh, and obviously this one teases at the end, a possible team up who knows where they go though. You know, the riddles in this one, I, th- I really like cause, and I think that's the thing that I was kind of, you know, looking forward to if, you know, Christopher Nolan decided to do like a fourth Batman if uh, he would do the Riddler because I think he would do a really good job of making real good riddles that, that really tease your brain and mm-hmm. make it hard to, to solve it. But then, of course, you know, you don't want to frustrate your audience so that they do eventually <laughs> answer those riddles so you can know the answer to them. But I I really was kind of hoping that he would do a fourth one because I, I wanted that version of the Riddler. And I feel like this one did, did that. It, not to say that this is a Christopher Nolan-esque Batman, but it is, you know, grounded in reality like Christopher Nolan's version. Um, maybe even more so. Than, more so and a little more, and a lot more dark. Yeah, because in Christopher Nolan's version, there's, there's still a lot of, a lot of fantastical stuff and you know, they, they go a little over the top with some of the technology, but it's not like completely unbelievable, but it's not technology that, that at least we have at the, <laughs> at the moment or whatnot. But most of the technology with the exception of a couple of things in this one were things that seemed real and believable and whatnot. But you know, the riddles I, I really liked, especially, I don't know why, but for the, the one where the answer was uh, to check out a website. I forget what the riddle was, but the answer was URL or something. Or URL. URL. U-R- la. Yeah, uh, something like that. But Rat. Y- rat. U- URL rata. Yeah. Yeah. And. Rat, I Rata or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but for some reason that, that little clue right there. That they, you know, they couldn't, you know, either you're going on this clue and you think, oh, this is the answer. And they, they kidnap the penguin and they're interrogating him and whatnot. And then they think they think for a second after kind of beating up on him a little bit. And they're like, URL, URL, website. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's I, so, yeah, I never would have gotten didn't, there. Didn't, you know, wouldn't have crossed your mind and, and that kind of stuff. And so I, I really liked, you know, there, there's more than more than one of, of those in the movie. But, you know, compared to, you know, the riddles of the Joel Schumacher one where they're like, <laughs> I'm, I have numbers on my face, but they don't go higher than 13. What am I? I'm like, you're obviously a clock, you know, they made them, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's worded differently, but that's, that is one of the riddles from, <laughs> from that movie. And I think they made them dumbed down so that the audience could figure it out on their own and, you know, maybe at the time, that's what audiences needed. Obviously, the movie-going audience has changed over the last <laughs> year, few years and whatnot. So, you know, I think movies today wouldn't work then and vice versa. But, you know, I I really did like the riddles of this version. And, yeah, since he's not killed and still alive, it, you know, might without it being like, oh, they're just rehashing the Riddler, I think it might be a good, it would be kind of cool to have him come back, maybe even as the main bad guy again. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of an interesting an interesting take on a sequel 
is have and, the bad guy that was in the first one come back as the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, unfortunately with the passing of Heath Ledger, I think, I really think the third Christopher Nolan Batman movie would have been insane if, if he were still alive. Uh, my hope was that he would, he would have returned as re- he would come back the Joker. Yeah. And it would just be even worse. And it would just, I I think Christopher Nolan would have been able to, would have been someone who could have pulled that off. Yeah. I think, you know, speaking of, you know, the, the villains or the bad guys, you know, the, the penguin is kind of a prominent character in this movie and he's definitely a bad guy. But I thought it was interesting how every time they tried to pin something on him, he flipped it on him. And it wasn't like a, haha, I tricked you. It was a, I haven't done anything. <laughs> you know, because yeah. when they're, when they uh, track him down with your, the riddle, the, L, the URL, uh, Rattalata, they originally solve it thinking that the penguin is the, the rat. And he's actually the one that makes them realize they had interpreted it wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you guys doing? I didn't do anything. I have, I mean, he's definitely done some bad stuff. He's not innocent <laughs> yeah. by any means. Uh, but I thought it was interesting how every time they tried to 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 say he's the bad guy, he, he had a legitimate reason as to, I, I do bad things, but <laughs> not what you're saying I'm doing, you know, not what you're coming after me for. I didn't do that. Yeah. And then obviously they show him at the end with his monologue of, you know, people start reaching for power and they focus in on him. And I, I'm, I'm just curious though, to see where do they go? Cause they're doing a penguin TV show. I don't know if you're aware of this. I had heard that, but I've, I can't remember if there was two shows they were working on one of with uh, Jeffrey Wright focusing on the Gotham police force and then one with him, but they canceled one of those. The, the one that's going to focus on the Penguin has been given the go-ahead. Okay. And it'll be a TV sh- series that'll air kind of like The Peacemaker. Yeah. Kind of spun off from the, su- the the Suicide Squad. It'll be the same thing. So I'm curious, you know, do they use that to lead into the next movie where he, does he take over and become the real villain of the next movie? Or obviously they teased Riddler befriending, they never say it, Yeah, but... The Joker in Arkham, you know, does does he step out? But yeah, you know, I, the back of my head is like, you know, I, I know that the Joker is is you know you can't have the Batman without the Joker, but it's also like, are we ready for another Joker story, or does the Joker need to stay out for a couple of movies? I don't know. I I did think it was interesting that they brought in the Joker, and of course, yeah, same thoughts where you know, is it okay to bring up the joker again considering that we saw heath ledger and then we saw jared leto and it didn't go so well so maybe in you know in that regard it'd be nice to get another take on him who knows uh but one at, at the other end it's we have seen the joker quite a few times already and so in you know we haven't we hadn't seen the riddler so it was nice to see him as as the main villain so it's kind of like do you give some of the other villains more of a shot and so they had barry keegan or coogan i'm not sure how you pronounce his last name but he was most recently seen in the eternals he was the character named druig who could kind of mind control right uh people and i think he's been in game of thrones 
doesn't show Game of Thrones, but he was in Dunkirk and uh, The Green Knight. He's a newer face, but he's an up-and-comer. He's a prominent up-and-coming actor. I keep I kept reading articles from Matt Reeves, who is the director, and he where where they quoted him saying basically that he was like, I have no intention of making a se- it wasn't a sequel grab. It was just a this universe exists and there are people in it. And that was his only intention. But on the other hand, I'm like, if that was the case, then why did you hire Barry Keegan, who's kind of a big name actor, getting getting to that point? And he has what, maybe a minute of screen time? Maybe. And apparently there was like also a deleted scene uh, with him as well. And so I feel like, I don't know, if, if I were a big, big name actor, up and coming actor, I'm not sure if I would s- commit to that unless there was... A the potential for yeah. more appearances later. Well, and and what you see in the movie, if if he's not involved, if they do move forward with the Joker, and he's not the actor that they hire for the Joker, it wouldn't be a big deal because you don't. Because like I said, until you pointed out who it was, I had no idea because I, yeah. I didn't I didn't look for his name in the in the uh, credits. The average movie going audience would probably not recognize nor would they care if they hired somebody else but i think it was just you know people like you and me that read up on all the articles we can about these movies it would be awkward yeah it does now that you now that i know who the actor was it it does it's like uh, if i'm an up-and-comer yeah who who knows maybe he's just really good friends with matt reeves and he's like yeah i'll do this for you and people have done that (laughs) so it's not to say that that's not the case and you know it would be interesting to see what his version of the Joker would be. But, you know, I also do kind of think that it would be nice to see other versions of, or not, not other versions, but other villains that haven't been explored to get their chance, especially in this version, this, this, uh, you know, down to earth, more grittier than the the last gritty version. I also liked this version of uh, Alfred. I felt like he was portrayed a little bit different you know, obviously in the Michael Keaton, he is portrayed as a butler. You know, he's very much a butler. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine in the uh, Christopher Nolan version, he's more of like a father figure, not really a butler. But I feel like in this one, he's just kind of, I'm in charge of this house. Uh, you know, he, uh, but he wasn't like a, a butler, so to speak. Yeah, he, he just kind of maintained the property and maintained the manor. And uh, I guess that's the same thing. But uh, <laughs> he didn't really support him. Right. That was the difference, I think. All the others, you know, the at some point, Alfred, you know, opens the Batcave for him. Or I think in the Michael Caine version, there's one point where he he picks up somebody with his car. Like, he, he drives a Rolls Royce somewhere and picks Rachel up or something. Yeah. Takes her somewhere. And because he needs to go out and do some crime fighting and then well, Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons is just right there and there. He's, he's in the tech and yeah. yeah. So, so they're all supporting him. They, they, they all have their doubts and their, their, uh, you know, concerns, but they're in the thick of it with him, not saying no. And they're enabling, but this one, you know, he doesn't not completely support him but he's basically like you got to stop doing this you know and he he doesn't straight up help him out so much so that was kind of an interesting 
take on mm-hmm. on Alfred. You know, usually he's just right there behind him, supporting him, and and but this one was just a retired, you know, RAF or British forces operative or something that <laughs> yeah that uh, had you know it wasn't like a tr- he wasn't like a, a ex assassin kind of person that just happened to be a butler, but he was just well, he, he 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 served when he helped him with the code breaking. I almost felt like he was yeah. just like. I already finished the crossword puzzle <laughs> yeah. from the paper, so I was like, I just wanted something to do. It wasn't like a, I want to help him. It was like a, I finished my crossword puzzle. Yeah. I'll work on this. Yeah. If if I had any any gripe, I didn't care for Catwoman's mask. Yeah. I don't know what would have you know made that better. I'm not you know involved, but I didn't care that it was just a stocking cap. Uh, you know, I, I thought a stocking cap with there could the be eye a hole cut out. Yeah. Uh, but I thought she played the character very well. I liked, you know, I don't know if in any other versions is she the daughter of Carmine Falcone. That is, um, it's a first for me um, that she's ever been related to related him, to in, him. in any way. But I thought she did a great job with her iteration of Catwoman. Yeah, I thought her her retroactive relationship to Carmine Falcone was the that aspect of it made her, you know, walk in the fence aspect of her character more believable and more more justifiable in my in my book. Right. You know, it it made sense why she was doing the bad things that she was doing. But she also was like only doing them because she felt like she had to, and was in a, in in you know backed up into a corner, mm-hmm. and was just trying to get out of it. And so she wasn't being a bad person per se, but she was just going the wrong way about trying to right a wrong, and so that made her not a bad guy, but she wasn't a good person either. And I I, I really like that versus you know Anne Hathaway's version of Catwoman. She's just, they, they just kind of established her as a, as a pickpocket, a thief. Mm-hmm. And she just happened to get involved with Batman in some way, shape or form. And, right. and obviously she wasn't trying to kill Batman, but she got in with the wrong crowd. And so I just, I mean, it was good at the time, but like now that this version's out, I'm like, that one wasn't so good, <laughs> so good anymore. <laughs> well, and, and the way that they showed her struggle there uh, uh, towards the end when she had the police officer on the uh, top of the building mm-hmm. and her like, I want to kill him. And he was like, no, you don't want to cross that line. And she almost does. Like yeah. she, she does kick him off. Right. But- Thankfully, Batman's there to stop him from falling all the way. So she and did she, she do it? Did cross the line that Batman would save him? You know, yeah. was that a? I know he's going to save him, but this will allow me to That's get a head true. start. Yeah, because her intention was, I don't know. You to, know, to I think her intention away. was to kill him, but she was like, "I'll settle for." I know he'll be saved because mm-hmm. I want to go kill Falcone. Yeah, I think the 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 last thing that I'll I want to get into a little bit depth. I think you kind of touched on it. The movie play, uh, puts a time frame that he's been he's been the Batman persona for two years, mm-hmm. and I really liked how he was like, "I've been doing this for two years." He's been journaling about it, and he's been using the journals as a kind of a grade of, "Am I making a difference?" Mm-hmm. 
And I liked how he was like, I, it was almost like a, if I don't make a difference in a certain amount of time, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to play this role of the Batman, but having it set kind of within, you know, it's, you know, two years is a long time. Yeah. But it also, they really show that he's still kind of in that infant stage. Yeah. When he jumped off the top of the building, he like, he jumped, he jumped up to the edge and there was a hesitation of like, whoa, this is really high up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he, you know, I thought the the way he transitioned to the, the glider suit, again, it, was, it wasn't a fantastical suit. It wasn't over the top. It was just like, well, that's... It's, it's just a parachuter's wing yeah. suit. I mean, that yeah. you know, it wasn't that he grabbed his wings and all of a sudden he flew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I liked how it was grounded in reality. And I'm like, that seems more believable. But I also liked how... He looked like he almost died yeah. in trying to fly down to the bottom, you know, when he released his parachute and got caught on the bridge. Uh, I went and saw this with a friend of mine that's a, he's a huge Batman fan. And he made the comment of like, he's not as polished as, <laughs> as he is in the other movies. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And I liked how they showed that, you know, it, it's, you know, he's been working at it for two years, but I feel like in the next movie, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see do they progress and show him a little more polished yeah does he have a little bit more tech and if he does hopefully it's still grounded in a more reality of this really could work my kind of final thought the thing that i really enjoyed about this was kind of in the final act where the flood is happening and they're in the they're in the uh, entertainment center place and all the water is coming in and there's some Part of the parts of the building are collapsing and, and whatnot, and he's saving the people from drowning. And I don't know why. I, obviously, Batman is uh, you know in in the Christopher Nolan one, he he took an atomic bomb or some type of a bomb away from the city, so he saved the city in that way. But you don't really see Batman saving people. It's mostly just he's going after bad people and. In the crosshairs are people that he likes, you know, Vicki Vale, Nicole Kidman's character, and Rachel, I guess, from, from the Nolan films. It's mostly those people who are in trouble or, you know, the commissioner and, you know, the, the people associated with Batman that are in trouble that he's kind of saving. It's just the people of Gotham are kind of on the periphery. But this one, he actually saved the like you see him saving physically the people of gotham and you know he's he's leading those people out from under the rafters that have fallen and and, you know wading through chest high water with the the flare and just that imagery was just really cool and you know especially him like helping you know special forces help you know air lift people off the roof and I, i just thought it was weird it was kind of funny and and weird you know, I was thinking of in the mind of the special forces guy, you know, he's, he's there in fatigues and a helmet and he's getting people on a helicopter and there's this guy in a leather <laughs> suit that's just helping him out. It's like, who is this guy? Well, it, you know, it, it kind of, juxt- <laughs> it's kind of, uh, juxtaposes at the beginning. He, he saves that guy in the subway and after he knocks out all the bad guys, he looks at the guy that was being attacked and, and the guy's response was, don't hurt me. And it was like, a, I'm scared of you too. Yeah. And I think some of the dialogue he's narrating over that part of the, of the movie. 
and he's talking about how it's you know he he's he's presented himself as vengeance. I don't know. Does anybody call him Batman? It's 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 if it, if anybody calls him Batman, yeah, it's not know. very often. Obviously, the cards are made out to Batman. But yeah, he refers to himself as vengeance, mm-hmm. and even a couple other people refer to him as vengeance. Yeah, I can't remember. But it, yeah, it was kind of cool to see. He goes over and he's reaching out his hand, and at first, like the people that they show, yeah, they, even, they don't want to, take... even though they're kind of they're not trapped, they're not stuck, but they're kind of holding on to scaffolding that's in the water. They're not wanting to accept his hand, and then it, yeah, they're afraid to. And then he grabs the little boy that kind of there from the beginning, takes his hand, and then yeah, there at the end when he takes the girl to the stretcher, he's like, "I need to become not just a symbol of fear." but a symbol of hope. Mm-hmm. So I think you can probably tell from listening to this episode how many tickets we're going to give this uh, Batman. <laughs> I give it two tickets. I would have gladly have gone to see this with you uh, today, but uh, just it wouldn't work out. And uh, I'm sure you would also like to see it a second time. Yes, I, I would give this one two tickets. It's, it's a good... For DC movies, it's a positive move forward. The only bad thing about it is it's not part of the universe, so to speak. Yeah. and The universe struggles, but their standalones that they're doing right now, I feel, are overshadowing the the universe that they've set up. You know, The Joker, I think, was a, fa- was a fantastic film. This, I think, has established itself as this is a great film, but... They're not expanding as far as like the, you know, they're not part of the larger DC universe. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of thought toward the end of the movie when I think he and Selena Kyle are kind of going their separate ways and she's like, you know, come with me. I'm going to Bloodhaven. She's going to go to Bloodhaven and, you know, come with me and we could, you know, have a life together and, you know, do good there or something like that. And during that scene, I, I, I had thought in the back of my head. I don't think Superman would work in this universe. And if if they did introduce Superman, it would be not so much like Ben Affleck's version where he's trying to kill Superman or whatever. I feel like the only way they could really do it is if you don't hire an actor necessarily to play Superman like on screen with lines and whatnot. It would be a, a character off in the distance, you know, like, oh, there's the, you know, Superman flying over or something like kind of a... You, you see him from the third person, I guess. You d- you never see a first person view. You never see him talking to anybody. It's always, you know, that character off in the distance. And I think that's really the only way you could do Superman in, in that regard. But I don't, I don't know if that <laughs> makes any sense or not. <laughs> but it was, uh, I, I think it, it the way it shines is being by itself. I don't know if they'll have a sequel it's obviously gotten enough money to get a sequel i think it's the second highest grossing movie in in a while behind uh spider-man, Spider-Man. and well and the, the director has said that he, you know he he would he wants to do a sequel but he's also said if if there is a sequel and if i'm imbo- if i'm involved he said i'm not in i'm not in this to make a sequel right now to be like hey let's let's just get on top of the and ride the coattails. He's like, I want to take some time before I do a sequel to kind of let 
you know, uh, you know, I think that that's where some franchises do get in trouble is the first one's hugely successful. They're like, we got to get the next one out as fast as possible. And they, they, they don't do as well because they were so quickly rushed. And he's like, if I'm going to be involved with the sequel, I want to do it right and take time to do it. Whatever he plans to do, I hope they try to introduce a Robin. I think that would be kind of a, I, I know it's, it's a weird way to go. And it's kind of a hard story to put in there because Robin was invented at a time when they put kids in with, with these <laughs> heroes or whatever. And nowadays it's totally inappropriate to have a child come with you. But, you know, maybe if they made him like a 16 a year old or, you know, a 17 year old, somebody that technically needs a, to have some kind of, you know, legal guardian or something, but he's still close enough to being an adult that he can kind of do that kind of stuff. Well, they but, did uh, that in Batman <laughs> Forever when they introduced Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, but he Chris was O'Donnell didn't look like a teenager, you know. <laughs> but I don't, think, was, I I don't think he was supposed to be a teenager. He was an older... Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that one. I don't know. I, I, I thought about that because they... You know, she mentioned she's going to Bloodhaven. And I'm like, to me, that... You know, Bloodhaven I associate with Nightwing. Yeah. Which is what Robin turns into. And so I, I was like, I, I think kind of what your analogy of... Superman does Superman work in this universe? I don't know if Robin works in this universe, but a Nightwing could. And I mean, they would have to kind of, you know, redo his story. Yeah. I don't think you know. I don't think the Robin character works. But who knows? I, if they can do it and pull it off, I'd be all for it. <laughs> well, what did you think? Did you enjoy the Batman, or were you too intimidated by the three-hour runtime? Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Anchor.fm. And until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Well, if the movie was three hours, can't we go a little bit longer? Okay, fine. (laughs) Don't forget to check your ticket stubs.